episode. Welcome back to another episode of TV I Say. I'm so excited for this one. I have two up and coming stars for you. Okay? Two people. If you don't know them, you're going to know them. If you do know them, you're going to be excited to hear me talk to them. It's Danielle Pinnock and Nori Reed. They're both incredibly talented. You've probably seen them just like on the scene the last year. Danielle, she got her break, you know, during the pandemic. Like we're all. I mean, I was playing The Sims. You Maybe you were learning language, making bread. I was playing The Sims and smoking pot. But, you know, what she was doing was auditioning for the show Ghost. Uh, she was making hilarious, like, TikTok, Instagrams. You've probably seen her on your feed. And they made Ghost. It's an incredible show. So we're going to talk to her later. But first, we're going to talk to Nori Reed. Nori is one of my favorite comedians. Just Nori's amazing. If you don't know Nori, you're going to know Nori. Nori's on every list, comics to watch, comics to know. And you're going to you're going to watch. You're going to know her after this. But most importantly, what I think is amazing is that Nori wrote Nikki, who is the first trans character in a live action TV show for any Disney show. And it was for Raven's Home. That's so Raven. Yeah, It's the modern reboot. And see, I love Raven Simone. OK, <laughs> like, yes, yeah, she's an iconic actress. She's a comedian who does not get enough credit for how she can pull off physical comedy. I think we need to talk about it. Last week, the Emmy episode, we kind of talked about how, you know, it's shocking that there are Black women who haven't won the comedy Emmy. Raven Simone, to me, if she was given the right role, she'd be up there. She'd be doing that. Oh, I would love to see her in Abbott Elementary. But also, I would love to see her play me in a, in a movie if that ever happened. Um, when I was a kid, people used to say I look like her in The Cosby Show. Um, so, you know, I think she could pull me off. <laughs> She's like silly enough. Uh, that anyway, <laughs> and it, back to the show. Uh, it's amazing and you should check it out. Uh, but I love that Raven is letting people tell new stories on her show. You know, she let Nori write this amazing character, Nikki. Uh, so we're going to get into it. What was it like? Uh, and how, you know, how, how did it go down? How did, she, how did she get to make this happen? Uh, it's all great. Sit back. Enjoy. The, again, you're just going to get to hear two of my favorite people talk about our just like favorite TV shows. You're going to get some recommendations. You're going to walk away from this like, wow, I have so much I need to watch this week. Maybe this weekend. What a lovely thing to do on a fall weekend. <laughs> uh, so sit back and enjoy. TV I'm so excited today. We're going to do the watch list with Nori Reed, one of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite writers. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Did you like come to the table with this idea? Yeah. Were you like, I want to do this this season? What was that like working on that process with Disney? Because I would imagine like a kid's show, they have so many rules. Yeah. So we were, we knew that, that we wanted Raven to have a fashion assistant. She kind of gets her groove back and she starts to want to focus because she's a mother now and she has a family and she's a yeah. single mom and she starts to realize like, wait, I what about my own passions and the things that I want to do? So, of course, she loves fashion. She has a passion for fashion. She gets a studio back running and she needs an assistant. So one of my first thoughts was, okay, you know, fashion... San Francisco, this person's queer. Like, yeah, like clear, obviously this person's <laughs> queer. Yeah. And this is a perfect opportunity to have more queer representation um, in the show. So I pitched a K 
character who was kind of like a Karen-esque from Will and Grace, if if that rings a bell. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So like really bad at her job, but like kind of a heart of gold, a little like aloof and like not really like aware of like what's going. It was a mix of Karen and like April from Parks and Rec. Like with a coolness that that lets her get away with it. Yeah. So <laughs> what was born from that was the character Nikki, who is an heiress. And her dad's the richest man in San Francisco. And she doesn't need a job, but she does because to get her trust fund, her dad is making her get a job. So ah. because she loves fashion, this 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 is the best that she could do. Um, and she's working for free. So that's why Raven's putting up with her BS with, is with because the attitude. She's, she's doing it for free. Yeah. Uh, my relationship is much more with the showrunners and they yeah. were really excited about this character. They were like, okay, we like from the get go, they were all in. They were like, we love this character. And they really fought with me for having this character. And they were just so supportive and really allies and like in the best way possible. Cause you know, like ally is such a gross, I mean, it's such a loaded and weird concept. And yeah, they really did use their power to kind of like to have more representation, which I thought was really cool. Raven loved working with um, the actress. Her name is Juliana Joel. And to my understanding, they got along really, really well and just kind of like they even I think right after filming, they went to like a premiere together, like you know, it, like in real life. So it's, you know, it's, yeah. I feel like uh, Raven really enjoyed this character and the way just watching them on set uh, during the production, they had such good, the chemistry was just Yeah. Did incredible. you get to be on set when they yeah, shot your yeah. episode? We're, yeah. Oh, that's For your awesome. episode, you, you're on set and it's really exciting because in the moment, if something's not working, you need to think of something on the, on the spot. Yeah. Which is exciting. You know, it's it's like, OK, this joke is clearly not working. What's better? I mean, I feel like as stand up comedians, we often feel a divide with improv people. But mm. what I'm hearing here is a connection. Yeah. What I'm hearing here is progress. It's funny because, you know, the character of Nikki, she really in, in, in Raven's home. Raven is, you know, she's she's the star. She's really. By the way, just like watching her perform, like Raven is such a creative genius. Like she's she's yeah. a comedic genius. Like just just watching her, it is oh, insane. I think one of the best physical comedians uh, of like the past decade. Yeah, I, she's incredible. She's incredible, and so it's funny because the character of Nikki, her being so inept at her job, and so kind of like sometimes insulting like to to raven's character it's an interesting dynamic because raven doesn't put up with anything from from anyone and so it was really funny to watch that kind of dynamic of of like nikki saying something out of pocket and her having to like figure out like how to deal with that you know it, it was it, yeah. as characters it's really funny uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, if you if you haven't watched Raven's Home, I it's one of those kids shows that I don't think is like just for kids. I feel like it's, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. It's like the iCarly reboot yes. and stuff. I'm like, like I like this. It's technically for kids because it's on the Disney Channel, but it really is yeah. intergenerational because of all the people who grew up on on that. So Raven, they're tuning in, and something that's so f cool is that 
they're watching it with their kids. And so we're hearing all these stories of like that really bring families together. And I, I love that idea that like, you know, kids and parents are getting to connect over this show. Um, But yeah, like a big demographic of this show are like millennials who are like depressed and, and like, (laughs) and just, yeah, we just need the nostalgia (laughs) to get our serotonin going. Yeah. yeah, It's, and it hits. Exactly. Like I I look, sometimes (laughs) I do surgery when someone Twitter, I'll, I'll admit. And Uh, it's funny because it'll be like people our age who are like, just got off of a triple shift about to, about to tune into the, to Raven's home. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, this show is a feel good punch. Like people really oh, need yeah. this in their lives. Like, yeah, I like have had a horrible week. I just am like, I'm going to smoke a bunch of pot. Yeah. And watch Raven's yes, home. yes, exactly. Yeah. And like I Carly and just the things I know feel good. Uh, I, I want to ask that, like, what kind of response have you seen from fans, like, about your uh, episode specifically? Well, it was incredible and, and also organic. Like, there was no, you know, Disney didn't really do any marketing or they didn't do any um, promotion of it. It happened all organically. There was no PR. There was nothing. It just people started to pick it up. And then before... I knew it. It was in every, like every single publication was like, you know, first ever live action trans character. It was like, it started to hit me what a big deal it was. And I started to really understand that this was history and I got emotional. Like it was very much like, I feel like in this industry, I don't know if you relate to this, but it's like, we're moving and we're hustling and we never stop to like, think about what we're to really take in like what we do. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm always thinking like, what's next? What's next? I got to, what's next? What, do, yeah, yeah, what am I doing? Bills, like, am I doing rent. enough? Yeah. And I feel like <laughs> what's the next project. Yes. And I finally got to like stay still for a second and be like, Oh my God, I've, this is all I've wanted, you know, like as a trans woman, like I grew up in Kentucky. I watched the Disney channel when I was growing up, when I came home from school I didn't know one queer person, openly queer person in my town. You know, there was no representation. Yeah. And yeah, it means a lot to me that kids now are tuning in and they're seeing a funny, nuanced trans character that was written by a trans person who's just fun and really fits into the Disney culture because this character is really one-dimensional in the best way possible in the way that she's fun and uh it's not like it's not like just because she's trans we're gonna like make it like a a special episode you know what i mean like it's she's just part of the fun yeah it isn't you know handled with uh, like kid gloves or anything it's yeah, it, it joins, I think, this long lineage of Disney. For me, like, I, I grew up kind of the same way. Disney shows were a bit of an escape, but I never really liked the main characters. <laughs> I always liked the characters on the side because I always thought they were more badass than the main yes. characters. Wait, do you have, do you you have know, an like, example of that? That's so interesting. Like Lizzie McGuire. I was always like, Lizzie McGuire is not that <laughs> cool. <laughs> Her friends yes! are the cool ones. They're doing the actual cool stuff, you know? <laughs> Like that, and that always seemed to be what it was. Like the main person is always just kind of, oh, I don't know if I want to like sneak out and do this. Her <laughs> and friends were hot. That, yeah, her friends were hot, <laughs> and then they're doing cool stuff. And I was always like, I want their story. I want more of that. Exactly, and also her friends very much were like queer coded to me. 
Oh yeah, like like the boy yeah. and like her friend, the, Gonzo, the girl. They were yeah. very like queer in my brain. Very queer coded. Yeah, uh, but Nori, you created an iconic episode of TV. I just historic. You there, you did it. Uh, and that's why I was excited to have you come on to go through the watch list to talk about the TV you're watching now. Uh, what TV has inspired you? Uh, you know, were you you grew up watching the Disney Channel? What else, you know, made you go? I like TV. I want to do this. That's a really good question. I did not to be like cliche or stereotypical, but I really did watch Comedy Central growing up like as a kid, like as a little oh, yeah. as like a 10 year old kid. I was like watching comedy specials and yeah. like Margaret Cho was like her comedy specials were, you know, my mom's Korean and, to, you know, she has a very uh, one of her classic, you know, stand up characters is her, is her mom. And just just getting to like, you know, a lot of it is about her being queer and her mom being culturally Korean. And, you know, I, I really, you know, very much related to that. And Mitch Hedberg was was like, you know, I was obsessed with to me. He was queer. Oh. I was like, this is a queer person. Yeah. That like I was obsessed with him. Obsessed. There was something that just pulled us in. I I was obsessed with like stoner culture. He had drug jokes, but then I also was just like, he's weird. <laughs> like my, he's different. my favorite joke, and I, I'm not to butcher because I, I can't say it word for word, but the one where the premise is that like at a restaurant when they're calling like read party of four and then no one answers and they just move on. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Where's Where's, where's the Reed family? Where's the Reed why, family? Why is no yeah. one concerned? Why is no one concerned? Well, are they in the trunk of someone's <laughs> car? Like, yeah. I, I thought that to me, that we was need the to funniest thing ever in my team. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just, I don't, he got me to think about things in a different way. And that's, I mean, that's part of writing jokes yeah. is just looking at the things people do and going, what's so weird so about I, that? I watched that. I, I don't have much memory of, <laughs> clearly I'm someone who's traumatized because I'm like, I don't have <laughs> any memory of, of watching anything. But I remember like One Tree Hill. I remember a Yu-Gi-Oh moment in my life. I, I, don't, I don't remember much. I, I don't know why I don't remember before college, but yeah. <laughs> Just, it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. I whitewashed everything with the TV memory. Yeah. It's like, I'm, that's all I have is that I'm like, oh, I don't remember my homecoming, but let me tell you about the episode of Grey's Anatomy where they recreate a homecoming. Yes. <laughs> Because I know where I was when I watched that. Oh, man. Exactly. Yeah. I'm For whatever, I think in college I came out as as queer. And I think that allowed me to start to remember things. Because in college I'm like, oh, I, I do know what I watched then. But uh, I, I started to like, I feel like The Office was really like taking off during that time. It was like huge yeah. office culture. People don't know how how real that was. I feel like now we talk about it and people are like, oh, people like The Office. But no, it was a culture. Yes. It was, it's still deeply embedded in some people. It it went, it ran so deep. I feel like Just, I made comedy really mainstream in a way because like comedy felt so, for me at least, I, I don't know what, people probably have their own experiences with it, but for whatever reason, it, it brought comedy closer to me where I was like, oh, wow, like anyone can be funny. Like you, you can, like, like Phyllis, like all of these characters who were just like everyday looking people. It's like, they were so funny. They yeah. were like, you know, I was like, wow. I was like, I can be a comedian. Like if, if Phyllis, like, hello, like from a representation, I'm a Phyllis. Like that's who I am. <laughs> I'm Phyllis. Oh yeah. I, I think I related to, 
I mean, mostly Kelly, just because oh, I was like, God. she's the closest to like a black girl. <laughs> I'm upset. Oh, the fact like my when she's like, but she's like, I have a question, Michael. How dare you? Like, that's, like yeah, how that's, dare that's, you? And just, just everything with Ryan, I was yes. like, I get it. Like, and my, at me at that age, I was so lovesick all the time. I was like, I get it, girl. I get it. And times in my comedy career where there've been moments of self-doubt, I literally will, one of my mantras was like, if not me, then who? That really was important to me. Just being like, why not me? Why not me? Yeah. You know? Why not me? Exactly. Yeah. What shows have you been watching recently? Anything good over the mm. last week? Recently? I mean, honestly, I've been... I'm a Real Housewives girl, so I, I've i been binging. Especially in times... I'm Because I've been moving, like in times of transition, which are stressful, I just like disassociate while watching Real Housewives. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been re-watching all of the old seasons of like every franchise. Um, so I've been doing that. I did watch the rehearsal, which have you have you spoken about that with oh. already? Oh, no. no. So far, everyone has been like, I haven't finished it yet. It was so hard to watch. I had to take a break. So I'm a little, let, let's I mean, I tweeted something in the effect of like. He's not a genius and like the amount of DMs I got from people being like, I agree and being like, I do feel the same way where I feel yeah. like we're like, oh, he's a genius. I can't even explain what he did. It's like. It's like, no, it's very explainable. It's, yeah. It's not it's, genius. He threw a bunch of darts at the board and saw, like, what stuck. Like, yeah, what stuck. It, it's all Looking editing. Looking at all of this footage, it's all editing. And I think, like, the, the final shot is meant to tell us that when his actual, like, ass is exposed. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be, like, this is just me with my ass out. I'm not a genius. And then all these people are, like... Oh my gosh, this is actually about like radical male, blah, blah, blah. To me, the last, the final scene was rehearsed. I don't think that any of that was spontaneous. I don't think the, yeah. oh, I meant I'm your dad or, or don't, don't you yeah. mean mom or the ass being out? I think all of that was yeah. rehearsed. I don't think it's that rehearsed. was in spontaneous. Not at all. No. Yeah. I really like him. And Nathan for you was, I is, I uh, love Nathan for you. I love Nathan. I for just you. thought, it's, I, I guess I'm just getting annoyed at like anytime, like a white man does like something that's like outside of a genre. People are like, Oh my God, yeah, this like, is oh, like, this is art breaking so many walls. And no. it's like, if any person of color, if anyone else tried to pitch this, they would just be like, no, no. Right? Like, yeah, it's like it would never happen. The whole time I was watching, I was like, how much money does this cost? He had to, this is, I think, why they had to get rid of so many shows to like outweigh the budget of what Nathan Fielder used to rebuild full bars. Yes. Between him and the and the dragon show, they were like, listen, babes, no Batgirl. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they were girl. like, "Sorry, Batgirl. Sorry, Generation. <laughs> sorry, yeah. close enough. Uh, we're so, oh, all of you gay shows. Gay, all you I'm gays so sorry, and you women of <laughs> yeah. color. Good luck. Go. Like, we're so sorry, but Nathan Fielder needs us to make it snow in Oregon yeah. in the middle of summer. Still to come, Danielle Pinnock of Ghosts. Uh, again, it's my favorite ensemble comedy on right now. You know, Superstore. 
it fills that Superstore hole. If that's a show that you've been like, I need something to replace Superstore, Ghost is that show. So you're going to want to hear us talk about it. But first, we're going to we're gonna get into the watch list with Nori. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the watch list because some of these shows are yeah. are the things that that we're talking about. Uh, like um, first up is Smothered on TLC. Oh, have I've ever, watched uh, uh, previous seasons. I have not watched the current. Oh, or wait, I, I guess I was thinking about Mama's Boy or like Ma- something like oh, that. I love a Mama's Boy. I love a Mama's Boy is kind of like the Smothered spinoff. Oh. Uh, like Smothered was first, and then they realized, oh, there are men who have inappropriate relationships with their moms too. So let's get a show on oh, that. Oh, this is a a woman's inappropriate yeah, relationship this, with her yeah. mother. This one is all like moms and daughters, and this season is the most disgusting one yet. <laughs> like. There's this one daughter mom pairing, uh, Francia and Paula, and they like have naked tickle fights. And the daughter is like, my favorite thing to do if I could have do anything over the weekend is like spend the weekend naked in bed with my mom. That's my favorite thing to do. Like when they have arguments afterwards, they give each other full body massages to apologize. It's the mom goes on a date and the daughter shows up 15 minutes later and is like, you can't No, you have to come with me. I don't like this and tries to like walk her away and puts a hand on her, like the back of her waist. And the mom is like, stop touching me. <laughs> it is weird. I, and no. Yeah. Yeah. No. And no. yeah, no. But the, this season does have uh, the first trans person on it. Oh, <gasps> Uh, so yeah, there's a trans daughter and that story is actually interesting, but then they never really follow up on it. Cause they keep being like, let's go back to the disgusting naked, <laughs> like mom and daughter. That's all they seem focused on this season. So, um, have you watched yeah. the trans daughter with the mother yet or yeah, it's what's their relationship? It's sweet. And it is, the mom is like very supportive and is like, you know, we're trying to discover each other in this new way where we're mom and daughter and we're very open about like who we have sex with and all this. And everyone around them is like, it's weird. They talk about like who they've had sex with and who they want to sleep with. And I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. And like the mom like helps her shave her legs and all this stuff. And some of it, I was like that. Okay. I would not do that with my mom. Sure. No, but them I'm like that's sweet like they yeah. they're bonding in this new way it makes sense versus 
there's like a lesbian couple that's been on it for a while and one of the girl's moms like basically acts more like the girlfriend than the actual girlfriend. <laughs> like she goes to all the doctor's appointments. She did artificial insemination on her daughter. Oh. Yeah, it's Okay, any any program that 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 makes the trans person look like the most normal sane person I think is really good. Yeah, yeah. So in that respect, actually Smothered is revolutionary yeah. this season. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> uh, then there's Harley Quinn, uh, which just had its finale. Uh, Harley Quinn on HBO Max. I do need that's to like watch. The, it's like the last show they have that I'm like re- really excited about that's gay and out there and is part of this kind of, you know, out there animation wave they had of adult I've animation. Read, I've read for two, already two of these, two of these series I've read for. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get right yeah oh yeah same i'm like oh i had a i i had an interview to staff on this and i did not <laughs> yeah did not get it but you know i still love the show love it yeah so i read for the resort i can't remember the character but it was uh yeah one of the characters and and then for harley quinn i read for for a character yeah <laughs> but it's you know I, I don't know if it'll get another season with Ugh. hbo max slashing out all the animation stuff so Ugh. enjoy it enjoy it while it lasts up next is Mo on Netflix. Uh, Mo follows a Pakistani man and his family living in Houston. Uh, it just came out about two, three weeks ago. It's incredible. If you haven't checked it out, uh, Rami Youssef. I have not seen that. Yeah, it's I don't. Netflix has not really been promoting it because Netflix they bury anything that isn't you know some white the algorithm. Cute, yeah, the algorithm so dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Rami Youssef is behind it. Wrote he co-wrote the pilot. Yes, it's so so funny. Who uh, plays Mo or who who's Mo? Mo Ammer. <laughs> yeah. Mo. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, he's very funny. Uh, he plays Mo. He's great in it. So I, I think it's one of the best things Netflix has put out. Go watch it because they aren't really putting any you know any promotion behind it. So I'm going to do their job for them. Uh, and last on the list is Industry on HBO Max. Okay, I need to. I watched the first season. Okay, and I need to get into the second season. Is it good? It's just as horny and weird. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, why are all these people fighting for jobs they clearly hate? I don't care. They're making out now at a bar. <laughs> are there? Is there peen? Is there still peen? Oh, there's peen. There's oh, absolutely okay. peen. Please. Oh, thank I, God. Yeah, yeah. There's so much sex. <laughs> that okay, I'm, maybe, I'll, maybe I won't cancel my HBO Max subscription. I, yeah. Now that I think about it. I do, yeah. And I, I do, it, some of it is gay, too. Yeah. <gasps> it, we got, it's gay, but it's, I, the, at least in the second, it's a weird gay sex scene with, like, Wait. the gay black guy. I'm sorry. It, it just occurred to me that, the, the star of industry, she's in Body Spotties Bodies. Yeah, Bodies, yeah. Oh my, I never put together that that was the same person. Oh yeah, and she's amazing. She's so yes. good. Like, she's my favorite part of it and what keeps me watching because otherwise I'm just like, I don't understand the story. I don't know. They're double back trade stock. I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. I, I I love like when when queer people and women of color and people of color get to be complicated and messy and toxic that that makes my heart so happy. Like that's all I want is that for us to have the same privilege as like white and straight people to like be messy. Like until we have like a trans woman of color, like girls, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Then we're, we haven't achieved. We haven't achieved. We haven't achieved equality. Yeah. Like that. That's what I'm looking for. Is like, yeah. where is our toxic like non-binary girls? Yeah, I basically pitched thems. that. Yeah, I I pitched that, and they were like, "You should make it about high schoolers." So I think Euphoria is what oh, everybody wants now. <laughs> that's true. I just I just love a to- a to- just like a uh you know, like like what what oh my god a shark like just like. Like career only about career, yeah, only about, about capitalism. Career, just toxic, just toxic. You watch and you're like, why do I? Why does this character pull me in? And then by the end, you're kind of rooting for it and you don't even know why. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. But oh gosh, is there anything you want to add to the watch list? Anything you want to recommend to the people? Oh, on HBO, I really liked The Anarchist. Oh yeah, I love The Anarchist. I uh, enjoyed it. We talked about it a bit with David Reese a few episodes ago. I, nice. It was such a, I, it was, a lot of people were like, it's not an accurate portrayal of anarch, anarchism or whatever, anarchy. And uh, I was like, that's not what I'm watching it for. <laughs> I'm watching it because it's I, about like a weird cult that tried to go to Mexico. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love a documentary and I, I'm like, I, I just, I love, that's one of my favorite. I love to just kind of, again, anything I can just disassociate to is yeah. just, really really fun for me right now in today's climate but yeah i love i love a nice like thrilling documentary with stupid white people who were so stupid so so stupid who are just like we thought mexico was a place with no laws and we could do whatever we want it's like no i I love that they included like one woman of color who was like look i was there for a little bit but listen (laughs) i knew it was bad yeah don't like it was so racist i went to another country like i don't even she was like she literally was like i had a bad year (laughs) i was in a really weird place that's why i went to this this place yeah but don't worry i left but i I left like I looked around and I was like not for me and I got out and then everyone else just slowly loses their mind and (laughs) you just see everyone becoming like the biggest alcoholics over the course of the documentary and who yeah (laughs) it's I love the anarchists um and then also the other documentary that was on HBO uh mind over murder oh yeah mind over murder was great yes. uh Lo- i did you I watch that about, oh yeah i talked about it uh oh. solo a little bit and wrote about it in the newsletter a bit but i i wasn't completely sold on the whole theater aspect mm. until the last episode and I then was sobbing i was sobbing when sobbing when the like grandson is just like what you're yes. telling me here is like blowing my mind i'm crying and like you just see that they finally are accepting this evidence through and they got through and it's yeah it's incredible it just like it i feel like again in today's world there's just such a lack of connection especially between different ideologies and to see people sit down with two completely different thoughts and allowing each other in Oh my God, that was like, that was better than sex. I was like, yeah. sex is good, but have you ever seen two people of different yeah. ideologies sitting ideologies, at a table and letting each other like, in? Yeah, sit at a table and let each other in and get okay. to know each other and heal community wounds that run generations deep? Uh, yeah. Okay. Hot. Yeah. Hot. Hot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's my, it but, for me. Oh, yeah. I don't, and then the one cop, Bert, what the cop oh, who like Bert. would not admit he was wrong. I just wanted to shake him. What a piece of shit. His like wife uh, was like, was his wife was like for the love of god please like just admit that like you were wrong you were wrong you messed up just yeah. move on men yeah. men will uh. literally 
before going to yeah, therapy before, before going before, to therapy yeah, to admitting they're okay, wrong they will literally send like six people to prison who yeah. don't deserve <laughs> to be there because <laughs> they basically were like he got fired from his other job so then he joined another like cop force yeah. just so he could get back at them and Men like solve the send case. six people to prison for the rest of their lives before admitting they're wrong <laughs> Uh, but those are amazing recommendations. Nori, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can oh. people follow you? Um, thanks for having me. You can follow me on Instagram at Nori Reed or on Twitter, real Nori Reed. It's a whole thing. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We of we here at TV I say understand Twitter issues, <laughs> please. <laughs> thank you so much thank for joining you. us. More to come. Danielle Pinnock, you've seen her on TikTok. She's in Ghosts and gracing the cover of magazines now. Welcome back, TV I Say, TV Club, my my wonderful listeners. Today, my guest, I'm so excited. D- to me, she is the star of Ghosts. In my, in my book, the star <laughs> of Ghosts, one of my favorite shows uh, that has premiered over the last year, the amazing Danielle Pinnock. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, my God. Like, everyone in my family is obsessed with ghosts. My mom was like, tell her I'm hugging her from my heart. She's my favorite character. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for watching the show. It's so fun to be on. We're yeah. having a blast. And it seems like Alberta really resonates with people. Like, how has the, the response been? It's been wild. I mean, I think the... It's crazy because when I go out into the street, I look crazy. Like I am always in pajamas, always in sweatpants, like head wraps. I just look a mess. So now I'm starting to realize, okay, sis, if you're going to go outside, you got to get dressed. Now. <laughs> you got to put it, at least plop on a wig or something because yeah, people, people are looking. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I'm getting recognized more and it's so wild. So my husband and I, we went to Sonoma to wine country a couple of months ago and we we're doing a tasting and the waiter was like, hey, I love you and ghosts. And I was like, thank you so much. And the lady next to me was sitting down with her husband. She was like, is that Alberta? And she <laughs> fell back in her chair and all the drinks fell down with her. Oh, and my, I was God. Like, oh my God. See, that is, that's the rocket. That's like the excitement you cause with this character. I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked. I was like, is this how Beyonce feels? Is this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, this wasn't your first TV role. Uh, you had been in Young Sheldon. You'd done some other things. But yeah. it seems like, you know, this is the first role that, that people have just really connected to. I know that you've done some like Comic Cons and stuff. Yeah. It's just like this whole show just seems to have a really avid fan base. Like, it really does. I mean, we're getting about eight to nine million viewers every Thursday, which is incredible. And Comic-Con was a dream. Our panel had about four to five thousand people in the audience. Oh my God. And, you know, we've all been, you know, in the pandemic and not a lot of us have been outside very much or concerts or things like that. So that was my first time seeing that many people in, you know, the last two, three years. And it was incredible. It was amazing. And people were dressed up as us. And yeah, my gosh, it was so fun. There's like, I see fan art online. Like it's <laughs> the ghost, the ghost crew rides deep. They, they do. 
They do. The ghosties. (laughs) Yeah, the ghosties are are on it. Uh, So what was it like to get this offer? How did it come about? You know, where were you when when you got that phone call? Oh, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I like 2020, November. I was literally in my house making focaccia bread like the rest of America. Um, And I was in my pajamas watching reality TV. And my agent reached out and said, CBS wants to have you do a self-tape for a TV show called Ghosts. And I said, wait, TV's back? Like, I thought we weren't doing TV. I thought everything was animation now. Like, what? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I remember when the pandemic had first hit, I was escorted off set of Young Sheldon. And we were doing our finale. And they were like, no, pandemic's here. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it's back. We're back. So I saw the role and I said, wait a minute, she's a ghost and it's in the 1920s and she's from the prohibition era. And when I was just reading it, I I said, you know what? Look, it's a self tape. I'm just going to have fun with it. I think I did half the tape with my pajama bottoms on. (laughs) I, you know, found this like Amazon faux fur for $10 online that was itching me up a storm i had like the shake and go wig that my mom had let me borrow and i said let me just have fun with this and i got a call back and i was shocked the callback was on zoom and i was like okay i've never done this before and i remember they were like i had this little red hat that from a play called major barber that i did in chicago and they're like can we try one without the hat and i was like okay yeah sure and i was like oh my god as an actor i'm like i'm about to lose this job because of the hat because oh, of the hat oh it's this one thing that would have changed everything <laughs> i was like i played myself i should never wear the hat, should have worn the hat. And then they um decided to have a screen test which is basically the final audition where all of the producers are there on zoom and everybody's just watching you uh, from the network and uh, beyond. And it was the same day I had a pitch with Taraji P. Henson for an animation that I'd been co-writing with my best friend, Poonam Patel. And I'm like, I have to meet Taraji. (laughs) I was like, yo, I love ghosts. I love this. I know this is a career defining moment for me. I have to meet Taraji. I think you made the right choice. I would also prioritize Taraji there. I was That's... like, I have to meet Taraji B. Hansen. And yeah. I said, if possible, can they move the audition like up an hour? And my manager was like, they don't move on. They won't do that. Are you kidding? And I said, well, let's just ask and just tell them it's Taraji P. Henson. Right. And they moved my audition. I said, okay, great. So I did my pitch with Poonam and then... <laughs> I went straight into my audition and it was like one of the wildest industry days I had in the pandemic because I was just in my kitchen doing these meetings. I live in a very small apartment. So like that two days after that, I was doing a um, like a Zoom meeting with my co-creator of Hashtag Book, Lanisa Frederick. And we were just talking about what we we're going to plan social media wise for the week. And my manager knocked on my door and had these chocolates and was like, ha ha ha, you booked it. And I was like, oh, ghosts and he said yes you booked ghosts and i've been waiting for that you big booked it for like 17 years do you know what i mean like i've been a journeyman actor for so long and i've been hearing no's for so many years and to finally have my first series regular i just broke down in tears and i just i couldn't believe it it was the greatest joy of my career (laughs) truly (laughs) Uh, And were you aware of the British original series? Were you like already a fan? 
Absolutely. Yes. I had been watched. I watched a tour through the series. I was obsessed and yeah. I shout out to the British version of ghost because we would not be here without y'all and y'all laid the groundwork. And I'm so happy that we have uh, an American version now so that I could be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the show has an incredible ensemble energy. It just, it seems like you've all known each other for years. How did you find that that vibe in the middle of the pandemic? I imagine you all had to be in your little bubble still. Yes, we were in the bubbles and it kind of was like we were quarantined together for real. Um, because, you know, there's all these COVID safety laws and rules when you get on set and we had to stay six feet apart. This is pre-vaccines. But I think because all of us had been in our homes for so long without any real human contact, when we got together, it felt like summer camp. And we were just like, Ooh, let's play, let's play. <laughs> and I think that's the energy that um, audiences are seeing and loving. It's that summer camp energy. It's that family energy. And I think that's why the yeah. show is great for the whole family. And so many people are always like, oh, I get to watch this with my mom, my grandma, my grandma's church sisters are watching the show, you know what I mean? And things like that, because it's just good, clean fun. Yeah, you know? it, it is. And then it, it does get, you know, like dark, you know, for, for older yes. people, kind of like me, where there are the references to like drugs and stuff. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> sex jokes. It's just such a well done yeah. show. Uh, and like you said, it is for everyone across like all age groups. Uh, that's the kind of TV I grew up watching. I always loved yeah. things that were like family sitcoms, broadcast TV. Uh, what did you grow up watching? Did you always want to oh, be on gosh. like one of the major networks? Everything. I was watching Family Matters. I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I loved Jamie Foxx show, Steve Harvey show. Um, loved those. And but also a ton of animations like Hey Arnold was my jam. Yeah. That was my jam, you know? So there were definitely some shows uh, that we all watched with the whole family. Arthur was definitely one of them because my grandma didn't have cable and she didn't want to have a TV in the house. So like I would go to my aunt's house and my cousins, I would watch Arthur all the time. Um, but yeah, there were so many shows and I love broadcast TV and I'm so glad that it's back with shows, not only with Ghost, but Abbott Elementary, yeah. which is killing it in the game. Shout out to Quinta Brunson. Right. Like, I'm a, such a huge fan of that show as well. So broadcast is back, baby. Let's it's do it. Back. <laughs> Uh, and what I think is really exciting is that it's back and we're seeing such a diverse presentation of Black women that it's mm -hmm. not just kind of, you know, the sidekick that it's, yeah. you know, it's not one note. We're seeing so much diversity. How does it feel to be a part of that? It feels amazing. I mean, for so long in my career, I was getting these occupationally driven roles where it was like, you know, the sassy truck driver, the sassy librarian that was like, mm -hmm, get that Harry Potter book. Don't be late. You know, that kind of thing. So now it feels really good to play a delicious diva who sings and she's larger than life and she's a romantic interest. And I just this is the stuff that I've been waiting for my whole life. This is the stuff that I've been journaling and vision boarding um, for so long. I feel like it's been such an uphill battle for women that look like me, plus size women, black women, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all kinds. And now I'm like the writer's room, we get these diversities in the writer's room, I think really helps a lot. <laughs> so I'm grateful. I really am. I'm excited. Up next, we hear more from Danielle about why she's got such a perfect British accent, plus the stories that she's writing herself.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with Danielle Pinnock talking about representation and working as a Black woman in the TV industry today. I have a page literally dedicated to the struggles actors go through, specifically Black actresses in the entertainment industry and actors uh, called Hashtag Book that I co-create with my best friend. And we started that page because we needed an outlet for all the shenanigans that the industry would put us through and all the misadventures that we went through. And to finally be on a show that, you know, acknowledges me and sees me fully for who I am, um, doesn't see me as a stereotype, make sure that, like, I'm comfortable anytime I get on set, every time I walk off set, every time for press. Like, they are incredible. It's a CBS. It's been an amazing um, place to be uh, yeah. for the show. So I'm I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really happy. I mean, and one place where I really see that is your TikToks and your social media. You are so good at like capturing these behind the scenes moments with the with the cast. Like I love when you have them like doing whatever like TikTok thing is like going viral. Uh, and then you also, you know, did a lot of characters and stuff. Uh, how do you think that kind of helped your career yes. and helped you build an audience? Um, I have to say there was a part of me that started getting tired of, like, I was really getting tired of just being in other people's legacy, you know, like, and just kind of being a footnote in somebody's legacy. And I wanted to create my own. And my background is in theater. I've been doing character work for so long, for many, many years. And when TikTok came around and, um, you know, reels on Instagram and things like that. I was like, you know what, let me explore doing some of these characters online and see if they resonate with anyone. And my prime focus for doing that is really to bring joy. You know, I think there's a history Absolutely. of networks not respecting Black actors and kind of bringing them in and not giving them the resources they need, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. No, not with this show. I mean, literally, I have every single thing that I need. And I remember like, you know, back in the day, and it's probably, I'm sure it is still happening now where I would have to come and bring all of my things. I would have to bring all of my makeup. I would have to bring, you know, my shapewear, possible outfit yeah. <laughs> choices, all of my hair, if I need extensions or wigs, or I would have to come to set with my hair already pre-done um, just to oh, avoid yeah. any kind of mishaps and that's not the case with this show. They make me feel so comfortable and 
CBS has really bent over backwards to make me feel so great and supported on the show. And even with the writers, if there's something that, you know, I read in a script, I'm like, hey, can we try this instead? The showrunners are so open and they always change it. And um, we have an incredible, like incredible writers. And they're always just like collaborative with us, which is fantastic. And that rarely happens on shows. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of times what a showrunner says is law. You know what <laughs> I mean? But uh, we're so lucky with Joe Port and Joe Wiseman that um, they know that they, they're two white men. You know what I mean? And they know they have this diverse cast <laughs> and they know that they can't speak for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they listen and... I think a lot of showrunners should take their lead in that fact. Just listen, listen to your cast, listen to yeah. your writers. They know what's going on, you know? I think you see how well it works out too when you watch the final product, when you watch the show. And the just laughs per minute on that show. It is so funny. Just the banter between everyone. It's just so well done. And I feel like it is because there is this collaborative energy behind it. Yeah, it's been a blast. It really has. I mean, the ensemble is fantastic and everybody's so brilliant to work with. So, you know, you mentioned Quinta Brunson and, you know, obviously she came up because of the internet, you know, she worked so hard. Uh, like I mentioned, you make these amazing yes. TikTok videos. Uh, you were saying, you know, you had done all these characters for so long. Uh, how did, you know, those videos and TikTok and being able to build your own audience, how did that, you know, help your career? Oh my gosh, in so many ways, because I think a lot of people in the industry didn't know that I was an improviser. <laughs> <laughs> So like a lot when I started doing these videos, people were like, wait, I know she does comedy, but she's funny. You know what I mean? And oh, she's a creative. And I think also as a writer, it started to help me because then, you know, a lot of these people that were running the writer's rooms were like, hey, do you want to come on and be staffed and things like that? So being on the Internet has created so many opportunities for me because you're able to reach an audience so quickly, you know, um, and so many people in the industry you're able to reach because we were all just basically at home in the pandemic, just scrolling through TikTok yeah. and scrolling <laughs> through Instagram and, you know, talking on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? So it's been incredible being online and being able to provide, you know, an outlet for myself creatively, um, to be able to try new things, fail at things. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a blast. I've had yeah. so much fun. I think probably my favorite thing that I've done was chronicle the full season one of Bridgerton in these like 15 second clips <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I yes. got to be in like dress as the characters and write the scripts and do all that stuff. And it, that Those was were so funny. Loads of yeah. fun. I got to give like a huge shout out to my husband who is the cameraman behind a lot of these videos, Jack Wallace. <laughs> and he's an incredible artist in his own right. He's an accent coach. Um, and all the Brits that are coming up here doing the American accents, they're usually working with him. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I just, I love the pieces. Yeah, yeah. That's him. That's him. Well, that's um, why you, you were able to get those accents down. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm ready. I'm like, Shonda Rhimes for me and Coach Bridgerton season three. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Uh, and like you mentioned, you are a multi-hyphenate. You write, you do all of this, you know, other stuff. Uh, I'm really interested. What are you writing right now? What kind of stories are you, do you want to tell? Yes. Yeah, so uh, as I said earlier, Poonam Patel and I were working on an um, animation with Taraji P. Henson called The Unmentionables. And it is a very raucous uh, workplace comedy that takes place in a millennial's underwear drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so all the characters are our faves. We got a little lacy thong and granny panty and all kinds of stuff. Oh, and they kind of help her navigate her life. 
Um, and that project has been really, really fun to work on. Uh, but the, sh- the projects that like, the stories that I want to tell really are from the Caribbean experience because I grew up first generation Jamaican. My parents immigrated to this country and I do want to see more of those stories. I feel like the industry, um, as diversity, you know, slowly creeps in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, slowly. Yeah. You know, slowly, but surely creeping into the narrative. Um, I do feel like we need to get more granular about, uh, black stories and Black storytelling. And I do want to tell the stories of like what it was like growing up in a Caribbean community and um, the stories of my grandmother and being raised by my grandmother or my mom and, you know, all of those things. So those are a lot of things that I'm working on now and developing and people will see the deadlines soon. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so excited already when I'm hearing about this project I'm in, like Taraji, <laughs> panties, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's wild, it's wild. <laughs> that is a wild, wild project. And um, Hashtag Books, like Lenise and I were developing that into a series and we're working on it. And that's been really fun to work on as well um, during the pandemic. So I'll see y'all in deadline in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, and I, I do have to ask, because I know the ghosties are going to want to know. The ghosties are going to get mad if I don't ask. If there, <laughs> Is there anything you can tell us about next season? Yes, absolutely. Well, season oh. two, uh, a lot of people have been um, online have been asking, will Alberta ever have a flashback? We want to see her in that 1920s club. And that is exactly what's happening um, in episode two. Uh, we are going back in time to the Harlem Renaissance. Yes. <laughs> and it is absolutely absolutely fabulous i have to say getting out of that uh crushed velvet red outfit and into this new one <laughs> was a joy um your girl got new hairstyles i'm singing okay, um, yes. in this episode as well so i can't wait for people to watch it it's gonna be so fun okay there you got it so there you go there you go ghosties. Yes. i gave i gave you some juice i gave you some tea there you go <laughs> <laughs> we, we got a little season two insight there. Yes. Uh, so what, you know, I know actors, you spend so much time doing like nothing on set. I feel like you get those moments where you're just like, I have so much downtime. Uh, yeah. Are you someone, what do you do? Do you watch TV? Do you read books? What do you like to do? I'm actually, okay. So this is the thing. I'm somebody that likes to stay busy. So, but the thing is the girls on, like we have a, um, we call it the lady ghost society. We play a ton of games. So we just got all these, um, do you remember that game Mancala from back yeah. in the day? So we just bought a Mancala board. <laughs> we are playing Mancala and it's gotten really, really, really serious. Um, we've had tournaments recently. Um, do you like place bets? Are you like betting? Oh, on yeah. this? I think it's going to get to the bets level, but I'm not participating because these, these folks out here are brutal. I mean, we were also in a, a huge Scrabble tournament that almost tore the cast apart. Uh, <laughs> but we keep busy. We keep busy. I... I'm sorry. I would love to watch the cast of Ghost play Scrabble. I oh, would. no, it's no joke. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Richie Moriarty, we almost didn't talk because he has spelled like something like Fiesta or something that used all the letters. And I was like, don't talk to me all holiday. Like we were in a full fight. So it's so funny. If you're listening, he plays Pete, who is like the nicest camp counselor troop leader who's like just wants peace on the show. I love that he's like, no, I'm fighting over Scrabble. No, he's a Scrabble savage. Like literally, like <laughs> truly. It's it's a mess. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Ashley Grodman, who plays Trevor, 
the pantsless ghost uh-huh. um, is also pretty phenomenal in Scrabble as well. Um, so yeah, it, it we, that's, we, we that's throw surprising. Down. That's and honestly, for me, a little disappointing because <laughs> I find him attractive because he's such a wonderful himbo. So oh to hear God, he, he can actually spell the words, <laughs> nerd you'll ever meet. He knows. He's like I, I always call him like walking AP history. He knows everything about everything and really, really well read. Just smart guy, and I'm just like, look. I don't play me in Scrabble. I'm done. I'm done with them. I'm sick of them. <laughs> see, I, see that that kind of ruins the the himbo heart of gold eye, but it actually is kind of sexy too in a different way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, what TV are you watching right now? What do you like to sit back and relax and watch? Oh my god, I'm watching all kinds of things. I'm. I just finished season two of P Valley, which I was obsessed Ooh, with. Obsessed um, with it. Like, uh, literally obsessed. Like, <laughs> I what? thought this season was so fantastic. And shout out to my friend Kemianda Katina, who's a writer on this season. I just thought they slayed Nico Anand, who is my booski. I just uh, obsessed with. I thought John Clarence yeah, Stewart Nico- was incredible. Nico was so good this season. Also, Nico and I was on the first season of the podcast, friend of the yes! podcast. Go check that episode out. But I just all the stuff with Uncle Clifford and it uh, was after, oh. and Jay Alphonse. I mean, oh. Little Murder, like that whole storyline was incredible. And John Clarence Stewart was amazing. And I just, I mean, everybody, everybody on the show. Everybody. Yeah, I, I really hope it gets the award attention it deserves. Uh, the way it they handled, it. you know, depression, suicide, abortion. They yes. did so much this last season and handled it so well. Beautifully. Truly beautifully. I'm trying to think what else. The Bear, watching oh, that. Of course, The Bear. That's the hit of the summer. Everybody's oh watching The Bear. Oh my God. The Bear, the bear is everything. Severance took me out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Severance. And you got to go to the Severance finale, right? I surely did. And that finale, I screamed out loud. Yeah. I I can't imagine watching it with other people because I was just like chewing my fingers off the whole time watching it. (laughs) Just like having a heart attack. It was so good. I mean, there's so much great TV out right now. Going back to to the bear, you lived in Chicago. Uh, Do you feel that it's accurate? Do you think it, it did well by the city? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. I know all those characters. Yeah. <laughs> I know all those people. I said, oh, yeah, this is it. This is literally it. And my, my boo, um, Lip from Shameless, killed it. Oh, <laughs> oh Jeremy Allen White. Oh, I've loved it. Jeremy like, killed it. Jeremy killed it. I still call him Lip because every he just, time he will always be Lip to me, like Shameless. Every when time I was Shameless homes- was everything. Yeah. It was like when I get homesick, that was like the Chicago show I'd watch. And I'd be like, OK, I, the L, like, OK, something. Yes. <laughs> and he just brought that energy. I was like, great. Lip grew up and he's still sexy. And now he's a chef and I love it. <laughs> I'm ex- this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned Hacks, Abbott Elementary. There's just so much good TV. Uh, Abbott Elementary, is. the new season is starting around the same time as Ghosts. Like, again, yes. Network TV is killing it right now. I'm telling you, broadcast is back. I can't wait. I cannot yeah. wait. And I'm, I'm, I want to put my bid in to be a uh, guest star on Abbott as a drama teacher. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for for this season coming up. I, mean, that absolutely I just want one episode to just pop in. 
Yeah, just pop in, you know, just a goofy drama teacher. And I feel like the substitutes for drama were always the people who treated you like an adult, even though you were a child. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think she's actually giving the kids like any plays. I think she's giving them like, oh, okay, we want to do Waiting to Exhale. Let's, we're going to do the scene yeah. between Loretta Devine <laughs> and Gregory Hines. Great. That's for you. Yeah. You know like what I mean? She's giving she's, them these really adult scenes. Okay, we're going into Stella Gotta Groove back next. Yeah, like what? she's working out her own things through this class. Exactly. <laughs> these are the movies she wanted to be in. <laughs> yeah, like you're just kind of like, okay, you know, I, I guess if you say so, teacher, and it's very clear these are about their own problems. <laughs> Exactly. I, you know, exactly. At the, the 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 cast, the crew behind Abbott Elementary. I'm sure they're listening. They're going to make this happen. Oh my gosh, I would love it. That's my dream. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and are there any other recommendations you want to make to the listeners? Any any other any other TV shows you're enjoying? Listen, I'm watching. I think it's called Instant Home by yes. Danielle Brooks is the host on that show. It's a home renovation show where they basically in 12 hours renovate your whole house. It's fabulous. It yes. is fantastic. I have been watching that and sobbing. Uh, sobbing. It, the stories, the people that need their homes done. I mean, the, I, a backstory will always get me. And yes. that, story, that show takes me out every episode. I love it. Yeah, it also stars uh, Adair Curtis, who was in love. Styling Hollywood. Yes. I love him. And love in Styling Hollywood. Just so much. And if you haven't watched Styling Hollywood, it was an obsession on the first season of the podcast. Go watch it. Like, it's him and his husband, like, fighting over having kids while also, you know, yeah. trying to style these celebrities. And they mostly work with, like, black clients. I wanted another season of that show so I bad. wanted another. We deserved it. We, yeah. Like, we what, deserved it. Yeah. I just, you know, they're getting they're getting rid of all the things that we that we deserve. You know, it's scary. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, instant home. That is a good one. So that is a good recommendation for the listeners. Yes, and Danielle Brooks is such a fabulous host. She's brilliant. Yeah, I'm just so happy to see her doing more things. I really thought after Orange is the New Black, she was just gonna like blow up, be the next like rom com star. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need more of her. Yeah, I think I think more is coming. I can't wait to see her in color purple. It's yes. gonna she's gonna be knock the socks off. I just know it. So, do you have any other projects coming up that you're really excited about? Yes. Um. Well, some things that I'm really excited about. I'm writing a book right now, which is taking over my whole life. Um, <laughs> books are um, hard. <laughs> books are really difficult. They're really hard. Um. But I'm so excited for when that debuts i just booked a movie recently i can't talk a lot about it but it's my first movie and it's with a comedy legend and Ooh. i have a really big part in it <laughs> oh my gosh that's so exciting yeah so i'm i'm thrilled for that and um yeah just y'all just gonna be seeing these deadlines coming up in the next couple of months with the writing things and the movie things and all that stuff so just stay Absolutely. tuned and follow I... me at hashtag booked and at body courage yes <laughs> Absolutely. Follow Danielle. Like, it's, it's so funny. Like, it'll be the best thing on your feed. Like, you need to follow Danielle. Oh my, you're so kind. Thank you so much uh, for taking so, the time out so to interview funny. me today. This was a blast. Yeah, and thank you for joining us. Uh, we are big fans of Ghosts here at the pod. I, I feel like I talk about it constantly. 
like every single episode last the first season i was just like you guys need to watch this are you watching it it's so funny and oh everyone my was just God. like we gotta get you on the show we gotta get yeah. you on though please i'll i'll be you know someone who comes to stay at the the b&b yes <laughs> please like come on you know and i people were always doing the a good show on CBS. Isn't that the channel for like 60 year olds? And I'm like, not anymore, baby. Okay, not Listen, anymore. Listen, it's for the youth. It's for the youth. <laughs> it is for the youth. Uh, and we absolutely love what you're doing with the character Alberta. She is clearly a launching pad for your career. And I'm so excited to see all the other things you have coming up. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, oh my gosh. thank you please. so much for having me. This was a blast. Follow Danielle. Plug the socials one more time. Yes, you can follow me at Body Courage, B-O-D-Y-C-O-U-R-A-G-E on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. Oh, can I ask, I, I do want to know one more thing. In, t- in season two, are we going to get more of the downstairs ghosts? The, like, oh, yeah. They'll be, they'll, be, they'll be popping up. Okay. <laughs> they'll be okay. popping up. <laughs> okay, because I know that that's important. I love, I love whenever they they're in the wild. story. They are they're just, wild, yeah. It's they just so funny to me. And I know the ghosties are going to want to know that. So thank you so much for giving us some tea on season two, too. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. What a great episode. I I just want to thank my wonderful guests again, Nori Danielle. I hope you feel inspired to write. Go tell your stories because I know that I do after those conversations. Before we go, of course, I have to leave you with some some homework. I'm going to give you some just things you might want to check out for some things I'll help I'll come in for you in the upcoming weeks. Good Omens on Prime Video. I watched season one when it came out. Season two is approaching. So, you know, get caught up if you didn't watch it the first time. Bob's Burgers is back season 13. It gets better every season. It's so impressive. The Great North also back. Uh, as you know, we had Charlie Kelly, a writer on the show, on the pod. Uh, so that's a friend of the podcast. The show I consider the show a friend of the podcast. Uh, and I'm so excited for season three. I love the premiere. Again, go check it out. I also want to give a special shout out to Last Week Tonight. This past episode got into Puerto Rico. It was really good. And I just thought it really broke down the issue in a way that was great to me. Also, it had a great joke about the queen that really got me. Yeah, you know, and the, this is a show that it gets enough, you know, credit, but I really wanted to give this episode credit. It, it had some jokes that really got a chuckle out of me. And finally, House of Dragons. That's what I've decided to call it. House of Dragons, not the House of the Dragon. That's a dumb name. House of Dragons, Game of Thrones. That's, come on. That's what it's about. So House of Dragons, I am watching it. I know I told you I wasn't going to. I said... I'm not getting tricked by the dragon show again, but here I am tricked by the dragon show again. Look, the pacing is so crazy. They move so quickly through time that you don't have any time to settle in with these characters. Allison, I don't really get what her beef is because it just started happening last episode. It's like we've girly, we've only had like five minutes of you being angry. And now all of a sudden you're trying to like Uh, you know, show who people's parents are. Like, calm down. I don't, you know, you didn't let me live in that resentment for years. Like the original Game of Thrones, it had a slower pacing. I feel like now people expect things to kind of go faster. You know, they don't expect us to watch these characters actually live through their teen years. So now we've, we've just jumped like 10, 15 years in the future and everybody has like five kids. And there's another time jump that's happening this season. So... These characters are dying and it's like, we just met them. 
how can I be sad? But I do love talking to people about it. I think that's why I keep watching. So keep tweeting to me about House of Dragons because I, I that is why I watch now to join the conversation. Everyone is very funny. I mean, come on, Rhaenyra. <laughs> Rhaenyra is a funny woman. Oh my gosh, she was high comedy this last episode talking about, oh my gosh, these are so your babies. Oh girl, that got me. That was so funny. So keep talking to me about it. You want to talk to me about other shows? Well, hey, over on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Uh, we are covering the first season of that 70s show. We're still going over Smothered and we're going to be getting into Star Trek Lower Decks. If there's something you want to make me watch, join the Patreon TV club, you know, get real about it. Join TV Club. Thank you for listening. You got some things to listen to. You got an inspiring conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, why don't you go ahead, rate, review, share it with a friend. Tell a friend. I bet your friends, your coworkers are always like, I don't know what what to watch. Let me take care of it. I got you. And then the next time you're at work, you guys, you can both be like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I watched Good Omens too. It was amazing. And then you talk about it. And that's how we save the world. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I want to thank my guests again. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. TVI say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TVI say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Andy Carson and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. Thank you to my wonderful guest this episode. And you can always follow me on social media at the Ashley Ray on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, or if you have TV related requests, hit up at TV I Say Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, and you know, we do have merch. TV Club has so much merch. T-shirts, weed accessories, justice for all your favorite shows that got canceled too soon. Head over to podswag.com. Go to TV I Say and check that out. And always make sure, tell your friends. Tell your friends about the show. If you loved it, make sure you rate it, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Uh, And for special TV Club members, join my Patreon. That's where you can make me watch more shows. You know, someone's making me watch that 70s show right now. I'm going to write about it. Can't wait. Go join that. You can also find my full archive ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TV I Say, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. And yeah, there's some probably amazing old episodes you haven't listened to yet. Go check them out. And hey, for photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com. 